All right, Mike Jet, what's going on, dude? Not much. Um, all right, well, according to Mike Jet, we had to have a little bit of a, a name change because he wasn't too fond of the, the name Joey. So, Mike Jet, what are we, what are we calling you now? Well, you announced it. We, uh, we, okay. we, had, two right, possibilities and we had two possibilities, and we went with the one that, that – because uh, I didn't really care like both of them. We went with the one you liked more. Okay. Well, our two, cho our two choices, the first one was the sports professor, and then the one we ended up choosing – based on like a little mutual decision was the show is called AY Natty and the Sports Freak now. So any uh if you don't like the name or really like it, direct all that attention to Mike Jet and make fun of him if you want to. Yeah, or post a comment on our new our new fan page. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll have that up uh once the once the podcast gets on iTunes officially now I'll uh I'll activate that fan page. But yeah, we have a new fan page that we're gonna have to use now because I couldn't edit the old one, so once we get this on, everyone just uh I'll send you a message. Just friend the friend the new name of the show, Ay Natty and the Sports Freak. Um, all right, we all right, got well, yeah, we got. You want to talk about the Super Bowl? Yeah. All right. Um, before we get started, I'll, I'll let you get the obligatory rip on me for a few minutes. I'll, I'll give you a two minute window, kind of like PTI. You get like a you get like a two minute window to rip on me if you want to. All right. Well, it's a good thing I I'm the one that got the score right. So when we change it, we just change the. The show name that I am, I did do show my sports knowledge, but um, in fact, I just wanted the only really comment I wanted to talk about was your comparison of Peyton Manning to Michael Jordan because I think it showed in this game. I mean, it was already a ridiculous comment, but in this the game yesterday, it showed how more ridiculous that comment was and how appalling it is to everyone that knows sports because he, I mean, he, he had a good game, but you could blame not throwing him, you could blame on Reggie Wayne, you could say Tracy Porter make a play either way. He did, he did not play up to his abilities, which he has consistently shown in the playoffs. So, once again, and then the other quick thing I said in the last podcast, that he was 9-9 nine and nine in the playoffs. He was actually 9-8 and eight going into the Super Bowl. So maybe that was a little... Uh, a little foretelling? A little hint, yeah, a little hint that maybe we were going <laughs> to lose the Super Bowl. Dude, not, but, you're, not only oh, the, yeah. you're not only the sports freak, you're the sports prognosticator or something like that. Yeah, I guess so, but that's all I'll say about it. All right, well, hey. So, uh, let's talk about what happened. Yeah, well, real quick, I'm going to steal this from, from Bill Simmons because I read his new article today, and uh, he references something called the Peyton Manning face, which up until a year ago was the deer in headlights look that, oh, wait, I just blew the playoffs look. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, just the freak-out look. But recently he's had the quote-unquote new Peyton Manning face where he just looks stone cold, and that's why I compared him to MJ because – you know, he had the Kobe killer look, the MJ killer look, and I just, I don't know, old old Peyton Manning face came back in yesterday, so, I mean, no excuse for it. I knew it was a bad comparison at the time, but I just, I had to make a decent argument, and I figured that was halfway, halfway decent, so, that's the, I'm not even going to defend it, but that's all I'll say about that. Yeah, I'm just, whatever you're, you're trying to make a, it was a dumb comment regardless. Yeah, I agree. No, it was dumb. Uh, all right, you want you want to get into the Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, we, let's just talk about some quick things that happened. Um, first half was because I think we need to talk about mostly second half, but uh, the first half went. Other than the fact that the defense gave up three fields and only one touchdown, so the defense has played a lot better than I thought they were. But the first half went. Other than that, it went. Well, obviously, not scoring a lot of points is a big deal. But other than that, I think it went pretty uh, what everyone thought. I mean, Freedy played a lot better than I thought he would in the first half. Yeah. He looked, he looked almost 100%. Yeah, 
Yeah, and then, uh, after that sack, he definitely looked 100% after he got his, his sack in the first quarter. Yeah, and then obviously him sitting around for half an hour and half time, because he was a big deal because he didn't do anything in the second half. I didn't hear, I didn't, I didn't even notice him like do anything on the field in the second half, and it was probably because his ankle was cold. From sitting, from sitting down, not doing anything for half an hour. Well, yeah, so he, had, he was doing stuff at halftime, but it still it didn't help. Yeah, I saw him on the uh, on TV. He had to go back off the field. I think it was in the second quarter. He had to go back off the field and get his ankle retaped. And it seems like in the second quarter on, he just didn't look like the same that he did in the first quarter. Oh, he he still looked good in the second, the whole first and second quarter. It was just because he was on the yeah he was on the sideline. I think the first half he taped, but then on the second half he saw him on the sideline a, a bunch and. I feel like they, they showed him twice on the bench and the trainers taping it or whatever, doing something to it, at least twice in the second half. Yeah. So he just he definitely wasn't the same in the second half as he was in the first. I think he I think he may have gone a little too hard in the first half, a little overconfident well, on his okay. ankle possibly. Yeah, but he's got to play hard. I just I think the fact that he wasn't he's was probably trying to work it out at halftime, but it's still not like the same thing. And I feel like it's either it was cold or the pain relief, whatever he took for pain relief was wearing off. Whatever it was, he, it definitely was not nearly as close to 100% as it was in the first half. Yeah. I think that injury, typically, if you're not trying to rush it, isn't like a four-week injury and he had two weeks? Yeah, something like that. But either way, either way, there's definitely a difference, and it showed by the Colts' of defense in the second half. But yeah. the other um, – so one big play that people were mentioning in the first half, which I thought was a, a big play, but I don't think it was like on the scale of some other things that happened in the second half was Pierre Garcon dropping – a third down ball no. when it was no dude that was, abso- was, that, was that was absolutely was a critical play in the game that, that was one of the, maybe yeah. the three or four turning point plays in the game uh, maybe I think there's I can think of three right off of my head that were I thought better than that one um, but yeah it was, that was a big deal so it was third down and to the end of the punt they were up 10 three at the time he catches that down to 50 and he might be going to score another touchdown or at least he could feel goal yeah um so, because then that was so that was that was huge. But um, the Saints then got the ball back after the punt and drove down, and that's when they had they ended up getting stuffed down down the goal line on four downs. Yeah. Um, but my big thing about that, I I totally agree with them going for a fourth down and not getting it because they didn't want to possibly kick a field goal and then Peyton Manning have the ball on say the thirty yard line with with a minute fifty left. So and, and them having. A, Giving the Colts like much better field position, a chance to take another field goal. So right. instead, they're like, if they don't get it, Manning doesn't have any room to really do anything. Right. And plus, my big complaint. Yeah. My big, one, one quick, one big complaint was on first and goal from the three. They, they tried, they passed it, and I feel like if you, he should, Sean Payton. I know he, he. I feel like he, he knew if he was going to go from four down already, and if he didn't, then he should have. If if you're back, I feel like a first and going to three, you should already know they're going to go from four down. So I feel like if you, if you have a first and going to three, I don't care if you're a pass first team, you run the ball, just run the ball four times. Because they ran on third and fourth then. And I mean, the fact that cause there was a penalty somewhere in between and they ended up getting pushed back, but then they got closer again. But I feel like the fact that they ran on first down, that, I mean, they threw it on first down. So they face just causing, I don't know, I just didn't like the call first down. Yeah. I know it's only one call, but because then they ran on third and fourth. So it's just like, why don't you just run it four times? Right. And the uh, them going for it on fourth down, even though they didn't get it, I mean, it, it ended up working out in the end for them because they ended up getting that, that field goal at the end of at the end of the half too. Yeah. So yeah. It, it wasn't it wasn't a totally blow. I mean, I think it was a good decision. It's the Super Bowl. I mean, Sean Payton showed he had had balls with that play and with starting off the second yeah. second half with the onside kick. So I mean, it's it's just his mo. I mean, he's a he's a ballsy coach 
So I, mean, I, I yeah. like the play, and it ended up working out. So you can't really fault the, fault him even in hindsight. Well, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't disagree with him them going for a fourth down. I just didn't like the, the play calling earlier on in that in that in that like in that set to balance. Because if they're gonna, so I just, I didn't understand the decision to throw them first and then they run it down third fourth. So whatever. But yeah. um, so yeah. So at halftime, ten six. You could say momentum's maybe a little bit on the same side, pretty even though. I'd say it's I, yeah, I'd say it's about it's about fifty fifty. If I think it's I think it was favoring the Colts going into halftime, slightly. Well, maybe maybe a little. You could argue either way. Yeah, but I, I think I think I think Sean Payton knew that too, and that's why he opened the opened the second half with the onside kick. Well, uh, I, that may be why, but that, I, he couldn't say they weren't doing it at some point in the game, and so I feel like that was the. Whether it's whether they, they get the ball later and score a field or get a touchdown or whatever, but I feel like that was doing it right after halftime is is I think a big surprise. Yeah. yeah. So I think it was more of a fact that it might be more effective at, at halftime regardless of if they're ahead or behind. I think that might be if well I mean maybe outside of the opening kickoff of the game that's probably maybe the most surprising time that you can possibly pull that off. Yeah, but uh, they, I mean, the Colts kicked it off at the beginning of the game, but you, even at the same time, I don't think they do it to start the game. Yeah, that that's too big of a, but, that's that's just too big of a momentum shift if you if you don't, if you don't get that onside kick to start a game. So yeah, that's that's why you never see it. Uh, let's talk about who you, you noticed who on the Colts had the chance to recover, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. They well, they almost and had, you know, and then and then Mister Hank. You noticed who it was. For the for the Saints? No, for the Colts. You notice who it was for the Colts. I could have grabbed it, but was, did not. Was it Hank Basket? Yes. Yeah. The, uh, the, well, the, not really, but TV show star a little bit because he's on a TV show with his wife, Ginger, now. Yeah, his wife is a dime, but too. Is what, what, what I should do? I don't know. I don't watch that crap on E, whatever show. Yeah, I mean, I don't either, but you've seen, you've seen her. You've, yeah, I have seen pictures of her before, though. She's. <laughs> she's, she's a dime, dude. Anyway, um, so I, I mean that was just funny because he's he was on because he was on when he was Philly he he was he played because that's when Philly had crappy receivers and then that's the first time I mean I knew he was on the Colts because I saw him on the sideline during one of the games but that's like literally the first time I bet he's been and maybe not but he's been in an important situation for the Colts whole season and it comes like that and he blew so it. it's not it's not good for him yeah but he he was trying to talk to you about the pounding. So I mean, he got hit. I, I think I, I don't he, think a lot. I, I feel like ninety percent of people of people would not have recovered that in that situation. Yeah. So, well, if you look at the slow mo too, I think he got hit right as he right as he. Well, yeah, that's the why ball. he was trying to go down. Yeah, right. he was trying to go down so he wouldn't have got hit harder. And but whatever. So yeah, the Saints get that in, start down score touchdown. In his defense, how big, how big is on the kick? That was that was. I'm going to say that was that was the ballsiest play I've ever seen in a in a in a Super Bowl by far. Not just saying Super Bowl is not even enough. Like it's one of the ballsiest plays I've ever seen in my life, and that's why I love Sean Payton. I, I talked about it like two shows ago, but I mean people aren't going to listen to that. But like I, I love Sean Payton when he was with the Cowboys, and that's one of the, the two guys, him and Bill Parcells, that I, I wish they would have tried to retain the most because he's he's such a good coach. So I mean it's that's 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 some some big balls he showed, and I really I really like that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Very baldy. I mean, the fact that um, I don't know. I mean, the fact that you when we talk about the onside kick, just 
say I know he's a coach, but the fact that you bring it up when we talk about onside kick when there's a good chance they wouldn't have gotten it and this cool took a score touchdown that totally taken the game over. Right. I think so. And a the, little. Uh, and yeah, I read today that uh, like right when they were going in the locker room at halftime, Sean Payne's like, guys, we're doing the onside kick because apparently they had practiced it all week. And right when they yeah. went into the locker room at halftime, he's like, okay, we're doing it to open the half, like right away. He said that. Like, so. Yeah, they were definitely going to do it at some point. The funny thing was. I guess the punter, because the punter was the kickoff guy, and um, I guess he was he was uh, so nervous, like warming up before the second half. He's like he like he, so he came out and then practiced punting. He's like, I got to make it look like they're not they, they don't think it's not the kicks coming, so I practice punting when I go out there. Really? So he, yeah. So he went out, he went out and like practiced some punts before before the second half started to make it. If anyone was even watching him, they make it look like they weren't going to do that kick. So I, that was just funny how, how paranoid he was about it. Yeah. Oh, real, hey, real quick, I forgot to tell you this. Um, the Saints, the the law school building where I go to, it's uh, it's about about a hundred yards away from the intramural fields where the uh, where our rec, rec center is on campus, and uh, the Saints practice on that field the entire week, like four or five days out of the week, this past week. Yeah. And uh, I, I got to see him one time, but. They had it like pretty heavily securityed off, so I didn't get to see a lot of it. But I mean, it was pretty cool, like you know, 100 yards away, the Saints are practicing for the Super Bowl. So just thought I'd tell you that right now. Yeah, that's cool. But um, so the Saints score, the Colts so get the ball right back, and they drive right down, score a touchdown, and go up 17-13 on Joseph. And this Joseph Adai scored a touchdown at this point. I think easily, at this point, easily Joseph Adai's the MVP because he was torching them in the first half, breaking multiple tackles, and then. Even on that touchdown, you know, that little five-yard touchdown, he, it, wasn't, it wasn't particularly well blocked. Multiple guys, I thought, in the backfield, and he still ended up finding his way into the end zone. Right. So, so I thought I was in shock at how well the Colts, how much success. He talked about, we talked about how the Colts didn't have a running game and how I thought the running game was going to come into play. When the, the Colts were about gaining the Saints on the ground by like 30 or 40 yards, something like that. And yeah, it just went by, made it look so easy. It was close. Yeah, they actually outgained him by about 50 yards. I think it was about 40. It was 99 to 51, so about 50 yards they outgained him. Yeah. Yeah, so, but, so at this point, I still think, I think every, most of the people, I, I mean, I picked the Saints, but I think at this point, the Colts still had, for the most part, control of the game, that they just went down, still made the Saints D didn't look, didn't look like that good. They didn't want to slow down that drive either, so it was 17 13 Colts, and at this point, I still thought the Colts had control of the game. You're right. But so then the Saints get the ball, and here's the, we're going to compare these two these because this these two these next two drives compare with each other. But Saints get the ball; they have a third seven on the Colts thirty-three, and Drew Brees has a ton of time because they couldn't the Colts have no pass pass rush in the second half, and he has a ton of time. See nothing; they basically didn't run any downfield throughout the whole game. I assume the Colts are taking those away, so he throws a little. They get like four yards to Shonky. That's when Shonky got drilled. But the four yards put him in a 47-yard field now, and Garrett Hartley makes it, cuts it 17-16. So also, to mention one thing, at this point, Garrett Hartley has made three field goals over 40 yards. Right. And it, in this season in, a, in the NFL, how, how good does that look? That's incredible. I mean, especially when you look at to end the game, he ended up being three for three, too. So, I mean, you know, yeah, you know, I mean, how, you know I mean, how I feel about kickers. But, yeah, that was – I mean, especially yeah. with the fact that Matt Stouffer missed one, too. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. But, yeah, um, I, I was expecting him to miss one of those. Every time he lined up, he missed this one. I was telling, I watched it like 10 guys, 10 other friends. Um, and every time he, he lined up, I was like, he's missing it. Because I was just waiting for it. Because, you know, he's been happening all year. I was waiting for him to miss, miss one of them. Because they're all, I mean, they're all 40 yarders, aren't that easy. But 
they're, they're still with a 50, so they're definitely makeable, especially for this kid. He's got a great leg. Right. But well, and the, going three for three, it was huge. Yeah, and, and the fact that he only attempted 10 kicks the entire season, which is ridiculous. Well, yeah, because he was uh, he was suspended and he was hurt. But yeah. Um, so yeah, so let's so that let's compare that. The Saints on third seventy throw a four yard just to get four more yards to field goal. Next drive, cool, let's get it. And they have a third and eleven. Okay, well, first of all, before that, they go for a fourth and two around fifty, and they get it on a quick slant. Okay, to Reggie Wayne. So that was a a gutsy call I thought by them going for a fourth around the fifty. Yeah. Well, correct. And then so then they have a third and eleven and. That's, uh, the third and eleven was when Manning threw that the deep ball at Collie that he like knocked away because he couldn't reach it and it was it might have been intercepted. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. So on the, instead of, so for the Colts, instead of like the Hub Saints did, quite doing a quick little dump because on the on that third and eleven, the Colts were on the Saints thirty four. Okay? So instead of trying like a little five year pass or something, they, they I mean, maybe there they were probably guys running five yard routes, but Manning saw this as a possible opening, so he threw it deep. But so now they're in a fourth eleven, and he said kick a fifty one yard field with Matt Stover hasn't made a fifty yard in a, in a longest time. Right. Okay. So I don't care if you make them in warm ups. I don't give a shit. There's no way I'm I'm, I'm having Matt Stover kick a fifty yard plus yard field goal in the Super Bowl. I mean, to his, no way. To his credit, he was uh, up to that point ten for eleven on the season. But you're right. I mean, yeah, with the, but he, he hasn't made a 50 yarder. I think he's made one since '02. Right. If he made any since 2002. And question for you: If if Vinatieri was healthy, do you think he makes that? Uh, I mean, that's. I feel like that's not even a, a, a good point to make because he hasn't kicked in so long. I mean, he might have, but because I, I think the, the. I mean, people are like, but Stover, he still was close to making it. Well, he. I think he pulled it left because he was trying to kick it so hard. Yeah, he pulled. I think it that's left. why he pulled it left. Yeah. So I mean. In that situation, I'm, I'm probably, and I know you want to, they need points because at this point, the offenses were looking almost unstoppable, at least up to like the 30 20 yard line for the opposing team. So at this point, the card was probably like, we need points, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like in that situation, you got to pin them. You got to pin them, or, I mean, I don't like, I don't like the third to 11 throw the throw 30 yards down the field. And if it works, obviously it's different. But I feel like they should have tried to do what the Saints did the position earlier, trying to get five yards closer, then maybe Silver makes it. Yeah. And, and it's a different ball game if he makes a field goal, because then the Saints get a short field and they go down and score a touchdown. They go right down and score a touchdown, with, and they, they go up 24-17 with six minutes left. So how big is that? And this, the same thing happened that two weeks ago. The Jets, we know we talked about that, the Jets, the Jets Colts, the Jets kicking the 52-yarder. Yeah, that yeah. Was. yeah. And the Colts come around and do the same thing, and I know it's a little different, but they basically did the same thing. So I just thought that was, in my opinion, that was... Who, who, that was the second best play of the game. The second best play of the game behind the onside kick. That decision to kick the field goal in that situation. Yeah. Who, who do you who do you blame for that play call? Well, I blame Caldwell because first of all, Caldwell isn't. We talked about this before. And multiple other people that talk and write about sports talk about it. How Caldwell doesn't seem like he does anything on sideline. How he doesn't move. He doesn't talk at all. At yeah. all. You know. And just talking. They mentioned Simmons again real fast. He made some comment how. There's a legitimate should be a, a new game show on ESPN where they show contestants pictures of Jim Caldwell on the sideline, <laughs> and they have to guess. They have to guess what happened at the, when the point the picture was taken, and he and he, he made a point that you wouldn't be able to tell if they took the picture when when picking Manning threw a pick at the end of the game, yeah. or if it, it, it were. He probably had the same reaction when they scored a touchdown in the first half. My, uh, that, you know, 
Yeah, wait, this is this is similar to that. This is my this is my favorite Simmons comment about him slash Andy Reid slash uh like you know, just coaches like that. Uh do do a situation where you have a, a coach closer where you have a coach come in in the fourth quarter and take over as like the closer coach. So they come oh, in yeah, at, at the beginning of the yeah. fourth quarter, make all the decisions from the fourth quarter on. That's mostly reference to Andy Reid, but I guess that would apply to Caldwell too, probably. Well, no. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. It it implies you know, that's that's for like coaches that don't know how to time manage. And Caldwell showed that today. He also Simmons. Yeah, he compares that to Andy Reid, and he thinks that Brad Childress for the Vikings is terrible. That too, and I probably agree. But yeah, Caldwell. Caldwell shows no emotion, which is different than time management, but he was bad in time management and decision-making in this game, I thought. And I thought that was big. But like I said, the third level of the play before, I understand what Mayans do. He's trying to make a big play, and that's fine. But I feel like Caldwell should have told – I mean, somebody should have told him. I mean, we just get five yards kick field goal. It's nothing over deep. And I don't think I don't think Austin Caldwell's open. I know Manning thinks everyone's open all the time because he's so accurate, but – I feel like on third and eleven, you got to get a five yards and kick a fourth-yard field goal. Well, the first question yeah. you got to ask is, do you think Caldwell was really calling the shots at that point? Because, I mean, I, I, do you think Peyton Manning was probably calling the shots at that point? Well, calling the shots to have somebody come in and kick a field goal? He's not doing that. He'd be, it, he would probably call the shots. It was like a it was, it was a third three, and he was kicking a field goal, or wanted to go for it, a fourth and three. I mean, do you think he, he went like, to the silence and told, I mean, do you think he told Caldwell that, to go for it? No. If you, if me, we've seen Manning before when it's been – with Dungy, if, if it was a third one and he didn't get it, he'd be like, you know, the field playing team, we're going for it. Like, he's not going to tell the coach to like, take a field goal or something. There's, and he wouldn't, unfortunately, he's not going to be, be, he's not going to stay on the field that we're going for it. Yeah. So, I'm meaning have anything to do with this. This is definitely Caldwell, and I thought he should have taken a delay game and punted it or done something differently on third down. Or how about, how, about, how about the Saints beating two mannequin coaches two consecutive games? Brad Childress and, and Caldwell. Well, yeah, probably, well, probably the two most emotionless coaches in the NFL. Saints beat them back to back. Shoulder shows some emotion. I mean, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't he, know who. I, when he like touches I mean, his gray does. beard and like frowns or something, but no, no, he doesn't. Dude, there's no one even compared with Caldwell. Caldwell didn't even like blink. He didn't do anything. Yeah, okay, at least I've seen shoulders like move quickly across the sidelines. Like Caldwell didn't even change his pace of walking. <laughs> he didn't do anything differently or weird. Yeah, nothing. But um. Yeah, let's quickly talk about the, the quarterbacks the Saints beat before we move on in the game. I mean, what could they beat? I mentioned it before if they would have won in our first, I think, first podcast, but they beat, they beat Warner, Farman, Peyton Manning. Like, right. How good is that? And that's just the, that's just the postseason, too. I, I saw on ESPN today they had a stat where the Saints beat more Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks this year than any other team ever. I think it was tied with, uh, like, the 88 Bills or something like that. Because they also beat Eli in the in the in the in the regular season. I forget who the other, the yeah. other quarterback was. Brady too. They Brady. Brady. That, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's that's the five right there. So yeah, but um, so let's quickly finish the game, and then maybe some other reactions. But so the Saints scored. They scored. They threw that quick slant at Jeremy Shockey at the three, and then uh, the two point conversion. They end up not getting it, but they return it. Do you, you think that was a catch? Because I I thought that was a catch. So I thought that was a good overturn. Yeah. No, I thought that was a catch. Absolutely. Um, but I'm going to play Jay Blake. He was covering those guys, and because that, to, and he's not the regular story. Jerron Powers is who didn't play against the Jets either. But he he played this game, but he had to play nickelback, and so I, I feel like the difference between Powers and Lacey is pretty large. So I feel like Jacob Lacey again was a big deal in this game. I don't think he's the number one corner because 
Drew, just to quickly, Drew Brees, he finished the game 29 for 32, and one of the incompletions was a swipe, another one was a drop. So he basically was 29 for 30, and I know that also has to do with the lack of pass rush. Are you talking about, but, you talking about Drew Brees in, in, the, in the Super Bowl for stats? Yes. No, he, he ended up thir- 32 for 39. No, I'm talking about how he finished the game. He finished oh, the game oh. okay, 29 sorry. for 32. Sorry. And if you take away a spike and a, and a drop, he, he finished the game 29 for 30. If you take away a spike and a drop pass, okay. he finished 29 for 30. That's unbelievable. And I don't care if they're a little dumpy dicky passing because it probably has one more. I don't care. Okay, the Colts could stop it. And teams learn how to – teams can make adjustments to stop dicky dump passes, okay? And it so seemed, he was on fire. And it seemed like both teams both, – neither team got the deep ball because it seemed like both both Breeze and Manny had to check down a lot to, to Pierre Thomas slash Reggie Bush and a die. Well, yeah, yeah, Manny – I think Manny threw more deep balls, but I think the Colts' game plan was to take away the deep ball. That, that's why Breeze threw a lot of short passes. Right. I, cause I, I mean, it's hard for the viewers like us who just watch on TV. It's hard for us to tell what the CCs are doing, but I'm going to assume that they were playing pretty deep. Yeah, I mean, I would assume both teams were. So, yeah, I mean, the Colts threw a couple downfield, but, yeah, there were a couple just at the end of the game when the Saints were just letting them do that. But, so, Colts go up 24-17, five months left, and he gets the ball. I'm thinking Colts are going to drive down Pyatt. Is that, is that not what you're thinking? Yeah, absolutely. So, I think it came as a pretty big shock when the, when the Saints ended up picking that off and running back for a touchdown. Yeah, I want to say that was one of the most, unex- for me personally, one of the most ex- unexpected, stunning moments. I mean, not, not just because I made this stupid prediction earlier, but just because I thought Peyton was on that, I really believed Peyton was on that level where I just could not see him making that kind of mistake pass. I really couldn't. Yeah, I I think... Because that was a, that was a, Brett, that was a Brett Favre... Game blowing interception, like I, I, that, that, I just that, wait, listen. That is that is false. That's not a Brett Favre game blowing interception at all. Okay, okay? Well, Brett Favre would have scrambled and tried to run across. Stop for a sec. 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 In the situation, it is. But listen, the two picks far through in the last two NFC Championship games, one was across his body, across the field. The other one was an out that he threw. Then he had to throw way outside to the sideline of the field that he didn't have the arm power to do because it was too cold, he was too old, and he was tired. Okay, and he didn't do it. He threw it. He almost threw it. This was a pass that not only did Reggie, not only did Reggie Wayne break Hawks break off his route, but, but Tracy Porter said after the game he knew exactly what route was running because he saw it while they were watching tape Wednesday and Thursday. He saw this. He, he went call, when Austin Cully came across in motion and left it left the number one, Reggie Wayne, out of the side. That Reggie Wayne, they run the slant, he would stop, he would, he would run the slant, or he would stop at the, at the first down marker, and that's exactly what Reggie Wayne did, and Tracy Porter jumped in and picked it off. That's nowhere near a Brent Favre game ending reception because it's not all Peyton Manning's fault. Yeah. All both of Favre's did, did it, all of Favre's so, fault. Did, so did it look to you like Reggie Wayne dogged it a little bit too? What? Did it look like Reggie Wayne dogged it a little bit to you too? Well, yeah, I don't know if he was, yeah, I don't know if, he was confused on the run a slant or to just stop at the, no, the I mean, I don't, marker. I don't. I mean, I don't know what to what to, to choose because he's such a such a great wide receiver. I refuse to believe that he was confused because I mean he's been in that offense for so long that I I just don't think he can be confused. I I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the explanation is for why he was so well, slow in that I route. Mean, yeah, well, I wasn't. I don't know. I, he either way, I, don't, I think you got to blame both of them equally on that because it, I think it did look like he was running a slant, maybe didn't. Thinking maybe he was slipping a little bit, or either he didn't cut hard enough. I don't know because he it definitely it was not in my opinion. There's no way 
there's no way that's all that pass is 100% names fault. And we also, I don't care whose fault it is. Tracy Porter jumped to me to play too. Okay, right. let's not forget about that. Yeah, that was a play making. I was a playmaker, making a play. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. So. So that'd be the in the game. The Colts got it back again and got close, but couldn't even score again. But the other, another quick point that I thought, I mean, other people have said this today too, but I did notice it and thought it showed that Peyton Manning maybe was a little rattled. Was at the end of the third quarter, they, they ran a, a pass or something, then they ran the line and then no huddle to try to hurry up. And they ran for their time. Didn't even know. Yeah, he, he ran out time. He, I mean, he didn't even know how much time was left in the quarter. Yeah. Like he, there's some, Peyton Manning notices that. Well, you know what rattled him was for, for for the greater part of the second half, he wasn't on the field. And then at the start of the second half, when the Saints onside kicked it and they recovered it, you could just see you could just see the look in his eyes that he was, he was like, what the F is going on here? You know what I mean? And well, yeah. if, you, if you combine the, the, the time he was off the field in the first half with halftime, with the time he was off to start the second half, I mean, we're talking about a long period of time he's not on the field. So like to, yeah, that kind of takes, um, takes you out of your rhythm. Yeah, still, but I don't. I don't. You can see what you want with a, with a great quarterback like that. He should be able to get back into it pretty hard, considering they started out well in the first quarter and he hasn't even played. So you can see what you want, but he he. They, and I think there's a point, like you said, between the second quarter and halftime, then being a third that they ran three plays in in real time, one hour, three plays in one hour, real time, Jeez. which is absurd. Yeah. So, but yeah, but yeah, by the by that by the by that by the end of the third quarter, he already blind on though. But I think it was like like we he said before, the pain main phase came back and his his he was rattled a little bit. Yeah, he, can, he definitely then, was. Yeah, he looked he, he looked like he looked like he did in the first half of the Jets game. Yep. So I don't know because they said um, Phil Simms made the comment that this coming in the Saints had a had a game plan for the first half, and then they had a different game plan for the third quarter, and then even a, a, a different one than the first two, than the first half of the third quarter for the fourth quarter even. So they had three different game plans coming in, and they were going to do stuff differently for Peyton Manning. And that's all the credit in the world to Sean but, Payton right there, too. Yeah, but, so yeah, the Colts, the Saints, the Saints came down 10 they ended up about scoring the Colts then 31-7, and 20, including 25-7 in the second half. Right. So they just, they Once- just the points. Only they dominated because the Colts did outgain them by 100 plus yards again. So the Colts, the Saints were outgaining the last two games, and they, if you look at it, the Saints average their defense in the in the playoffs. And I know yards don't mean that much, which is improving, but in the playoffs, the Saints average giving up 390 yards a game. I mean, do you, do, is, do you know where that ranks for the uh, you know for the most ever for a Super Bowl winning team? Did, did, have you, did you find that? Did you find that like how uh, how that ranks for? Is is that the most ever no. for a Super Bowl winning team? I mean, I bet I bet it is, but it's uh, if you compare it to the regular season, regular season stats, then it was only less than one team during the entire regular season, and it was the Detroit Lions. They were three hundred ninety-two a game yeah. in the regular season. I mean, but, normally, normally, I think I think stats don't necessarily lie, but in this game, they absolutely do. I mean, the Colts outgained well, the outgained the Saints by over hundred yards, both rushing and passing. Same same red zone percentage. They had more penalties in that and that one turnover that really killed them. I mean, time of possession was almost dead even. Yeah. Pretty much all the other stats were pretty much dead even. So in this case, I mean, the, the stats do lie, and the the Saints' defense just, I mean, they they got another crucial turnover like they have all season. Yep, that's what. Because then you look at you look at Drew Brees' stats for the playoffs. In the three playoff games, Drew Brees had eight touchdowns and zero interceptions. Yeah. 
So, all right, to transition from that, where how, how do you think this affects Drew Brees in, his, in, in the long term and on his legacy and on his... I'm not going to say Hall of Fame chance because that's stupid, but on his... On how he's how he's built his legacy thus far. Here, I'm not talking. We're not talking legacy. Let's just talk current. Current quarterbacks. He's definitely. He's definitely, in my opinion, now because he had an awesome year last year where he almost broke the record for yards. So in my opinion, he's um, in the NFL right now. God, there's so many. He just. I'd say, in my opinion, he's top three in NFL right now. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I mean, it's it's him, Peyton Manning, what maybe Philip Rivers or Tom. Well, Tom Brady, obviously, no. but. Yeah, Tom Brady's three, and then. I mean, it's time. It might be it's so hard because if you want to look at you look at stats or whatever, because Phil Rivers, I mean, I don't care what you say, he looked, he looked bad in the Jets game. And so, in my opinion, he didn't, he didn't prove anything in the playoffs. So, no, I, 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 com- I completely agree with that. And I saw after after the Super Bowl was over that the right now the Colts are the favorite to win the 2011 Super Bowl. And the the next the next favorite is the Chargers. And I, I just <laughs> I don't see that happening. I, I don't understand how, how the bookmakers in Vegas see that because. I mean, Philip Rivers has proved nothing in the playoffs in his career at all. Yeah, he, he puts just, up he puts um, up disgusting stats in the in the regular season, but his, his playoff performance just isn't isn't good enough so far. I mean, that's not yeah, to say know. he won't improve, but because he he has the skills. But I mean, we'll see. But yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I, yeah. I agree one hundred percent that Drew Brees is in the top three, one hundred percent. Yeah. So, but just so just to finish that off with one quick comment. Um, his uh, where his um. His stats, just quickly, just to, to make a little comparison here, Drew Brees' stats throughout through his first three seasons, where he played, he played 28 games and started the vast majority of the 28 games in the first three seasons. He had he had 29 touchdowns and 31 picks. With the Chargers, or are you talking about the Saints? With the Chargers, his first three years, all the Chargers. Okay, okay, so I'm, just okay. saying, look, look, I'm just saying it takes for, for it takes the time to develop quarterbacks. Right, right. Most of the time, it takes time to develop them. And that just shows you that's gives a lot of credit to the Saints too, because after after that and the fact that he had that just absolutely devastating arm well, no, injury. He had, he had a good yeah. After no, he had, he, he, had he had a good, great he had one or two good years with San Diego. After that, after you're right. You're right. Season, he had one the or season, two years. The season before he became a free agent, before he sustained that injury, he had one of the top top passing seasons in the NFL. But it does take a lot of a lot of credit because I mean only two teams were interested in him, so I mean give a lot of, yeah. give a lot of credit to the New Orleans Saints for seeing for seeing that talent in him too, or potential. Yeah. So I just wanted to point that out just to go back to your 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 retarded Mark Sanchez talk. How he's terrible, <laughs> even though he looked good. He looked good poise wise in one games, and that so it takes time to develop. Yeah, that also it's going to be good. Mark Sanchez is going to be good. Okay, well it helps when you have the best defense in the league and one of the best run games in the league too. Yeah, but I'm just—I'm just, I'm just seeing him put up the stats. Eventually, he still—he still won and didn't make any mistakes in his playoff game. Okay, well, was the one he lost? Okay, well, the Ravens won with Trent Dilfer. Is Charles, I mean, did Trent Dilfer develop into one of the best quarterbacks in the league ever? Trent Dilfer was Trent Dilfer was a 24 when yeah. he made the run with the Ravens. He was 34 or yeah, something. Okay, and, that's not comparable. And he got cut the following season. Okay, but that point is, Mark Sanchez is 24 young. You got to bet. Yeah. That, that knows how to not throw picks and don't do stuff. Okay, well, first, and he's 24 years old. All right, are you saying all right to, to say he's good? Are you saying he'll win an MVP, a Super Bowl, lead the lead the league in passing? Like, what what are you saying right now? I'm saying he's gonna be. He's, I'm saying he's gonna. Uh, he's gonna be good. So I'm, I'm gonna say. He's going to he's going to be in multiple multiple playoff games, like a, a, a good amount of playoff games. He's going to go to multiple. It's so at least two Pro Bowls. Don't say Pro Bowls. Bowls don't say Pro Bowls because that means nothing. Okay, well he'll, he'll be he'll, he'll be initially named for for the first three at least twice. 
That's fine. He can join Vince Young. Well, I mean, he's no. going to be good. I don't, know, I don't know about the Super Bowl part. I don't know, okay, because I can't... That's too hard to even say, I think. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. I, no, I agree. I agree. I just... So, I just this I, is going to be good. I know it's a very, very vague term, but he's going to be a good quarterback. All right, well, we'll disagree on that because I just... I can't see how he can lead the league in interceptions his, his first year, and then... He didn't lead the league in picks. Did he only have 20? 22. He t- or 20. Yeah, 20 or 22, but he, t- he tied for the league. For the lead. No, he did. Just color at least 27 or something. Color at more than him. Guaranteed. Let me look it up while we talk, but... I, I, no, I guarantee you color at more. You don't even have to look it up. Color at more picks. All right, well, that's fine, but he was second. I don't know about that either. Regardless, let's, let's move on. Let's quickly talk about the guys that got into the Hall of Fame on okay. Saturday. You, you talk about... You want to talk about Jerry Rice? Well, I'll just... Man, let's just man, I'm just going to mention the other five real fast. Um... Russ Graham made it from the Redskins, the O-lineman yeah. in the 80s. Great O-line, so he deserves it. Ricky Jackson makes it, Saints linebacker. Um, there, I've heard question marks about him making it, but my dad said he was, he was a pretty good linebacker. So, I don't know, he, he might be more more uh, deserving of the, the Hall of Very Good, not the Hall of Fame. But he made it. Dick LeBeau made it. And I feel like he made it not only for his, his time with the Lions, even though he was a very good cornerback, but he also made it for what he's doing now, for defense and defensive philosophies. So he's in. Floyd Little's in. Broncos defenseman um, in the 60s and 70s. John Randall made it for the Vikings. He definitely deserves that, I think. And then we got the two. We got two. Jerry Rice and Evan Smith. Jerry Rice, the best receiver of all times, in. So and and Evan Smith. And Emma Smith. And Emma Smith. So go ahead. Go ahead. Talk about Emma Smith for a little bit since you love him. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I just want to say, I'm, I'm, for people who don't know, I'm a huge Cowboys fan. I grew up with the Cowboys. Grew up seeing the big three with Emmett, Aikman, and Irvin, and. Uh, I just want to give a little quick tribute to Emmitt Smith because I personally believe he's top three running backs of all time. Even if he's no. just... okay, well just let, just let me have my little moment, okay? I know, but I'm just I just wanted to butt in there. That's fine. You, you're allowed that. Okay. I, I just <laughs> want I just want let me give you just a few quick stats. See if I mean just just as a little tribute. He won four rushing titles. He's the first player in NFL history to run for eleven consecutive one thousand yard seasons. Obviously, he's the all time leading rusher in yards and touchdowns. He scored 100, t- 100 touchdowns in his first six seasons. It's the fastest ever. He still holds 58 records at the University of Florida. He's the first player in NFL history with five straight seasons of 1,400 yards rushing. And, I mean, I, I guess I can throw in the, the three Super Bowl titles, the league MVP, and I think, what was it, 93? Won the Super Bowl MVP, and he's been to the Pro Bowl eight times. So... I mean, all time. Yeah, very I mean, good. I mean, if you're gonna call if you're gonna call Brett Favre the best quarterback of all time based on his stats, I mean, you can say Emmitt Smith lucked into a good one of the best offensive lines oh, of all time. Sure. Real quick, real quick, let me just say this: Yes, he did have one of the best offensive lines of all time. Yes, he did have a great offensive around him. But Troy Aikman would also have been a scrub without Emmitt Smith behind him. He was one of the best best guys in the entire league in NCAA, in NFL history at protecting the ball, even though he had one of the most unorthodox ways of carrying the ball. He was a class act on and off the field, and I, I can't say enough about him. He's, I think he's the top three. I don't care if you say he lucked into a great, great team, great offense, great offensive line, whatever. He's one of the best players of all time. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Um, well, I don't think Far is not the best quarterback of all time, but I don't, my, I'm not going to lie to you. That you I'm not I don't want to anger you, but I don't think Emmett's in the top five running backs. Alright, well if you if you want to give me a real quick, do you want to give me a rundown of top five off your off the top of your head, if you can? 
Well, I just I might. I mean, I'd say quickly maybe uh, Walter Payton, Barry Sanders, Jim Brown, O.J. Simpson, and uh, shit. Um, I don't know. I have to look. I mean, just you know, Gary Sanders was a different type. He was a revolutionary in what he did. I don't know if he because he didn't obviously have the stats, but he didn't play a lot of years. But some people consider him to be a really good top yeah, running I mean, back. I don't think. I don't think you could say. I've heard. I, I don't. I mean, I've heard. I'm missing somebody. I can't think of. I'm kind of. Um, I'm really. I'm actually kind of offended that you put him at least in the top five. I mean, you put Barry Sanders ahead of him. I mean, I know Barry Sanders probably had. More, he definitely had more talent. But yeah, so Barry Sanders was a better running back than Smith. The fact. Okay, but you, you can't say, oh, if he had stayed in the league ten more years, he would have broken all. Bar-. Yeah, I mean, he would have broken the rushing record if he had stayed in the league. But the fact is, he did. He so didn't. I'm, I'm not just I'm, rushing yards. Getting rushing yards is one thing. Who was the most passing yards ever? Brett Favre. He's not the. I don't even know if that's him. But he doesn't have the. No, that, it, he's not the best quarterback of all that's, time. Yeah, that's. He has the most passing yards. Yeah, he has the most passing yards. It's him. So I mean, he might he might be number five, but um, he, he's he's around five. He's not higher than yeah. top four. He's not you, in the top you, four. You, not. you and I at least agree on that. I don't think Favre's in the top five. Well, I, no, I'm talking about Emmitt Smith. He's not in the top four. He's around five or six or something. Okay. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Quarterback. Quarterback is so hard because. But what do you? What, that, what do you? What, it's becoming a pass first league, and it's so hard to compare stats because. Bradshaw had more picks than, than touchdowns. United had a ton more picks than touchdowns, so it's too hard to tell quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, you can also – Bradshaw also had the best def, the best single defense in the entire history of the NFL. So, I mean, I mean, I, I want to – like, what do you – just real fast, just because we, we don't want to make this, like, too long, but what, what, do you, what do you base that assessment of Emmitt Smith as at best five or six all-time on? Just give, just give me, just, I'm not arguing. I'm just give me, just give me a couple of thoughts of why, why you're saying that. I'm, I'm basing it on. First of all, I haven't seen all these guys, so I'm basing it on other guys' opinions that have seen. So I'm taking opinions from other people, but I'm doing it from guys that saw these people play because I haven't seen. I, can, I don't even. Re- I remember Emmett Smith a little, but like early '90s, I'm, I'm watching the game, but I don't like literally remember like if he was a good pass catcher, if he like blocked in the backfield, if or what you know, like stuff like that. Like I don't remember that kind of stuff. So it's too hard for guys like us to tell just by going off stats, because we didn't see him play, okay? It's too hard to say. So I'm going off opinions from people that saw these guys play. But Emmitt Smith is not is he's not in the top four. That's fine. Well, I, mean, I've seen, I mean, I've seen almost every – I want to say I've seen almost every game he's played, but I've seen most of the games he's ever played in. Yeah, but you haven't seen Jim Brown. You haven't seen Earl Campbell. You haven't – he's probably ahead, too, now that I think of him. You haven't seen Jim Brown. You haven't seen O.G. Simpson play. You haven't seen only the highlights. You haven't seen a play, okay? So you, that's why – all you're debating it off of is stats and what you and that you've seen him play. Yeah, and I, I don't, so all you're based off is raw talent of what what could have been. I'm, I, I didn't see that. I, you know what I said? I said I'm basing it off of people that I've seen. I'm basing it off of other analysts and people I've read that I've seen all these guys play. Okay, and most of them say I mean it's not in the top four or five. That's what they say. That's and fine. I'm basing it off of people that've seen all these guys play. That's fine. But I mean just. That's that's what that's why I have a problem with like when you can't like all right it's it's also a generational thing like there's a different it's a different time period like would you would you think OJ I mean OJ Simpson was obviously great but do you think he would have the same amount of success in the NFL even in the nineties no who like a guy like I mean all right, Earl Dickerson was disgusting I'll, I'll say that but like a guy like like what do you think I mean Walter Payton was great too but do you think he would have been even nearly oh, as I good Okay, no. Do you think Walter Payton would have been nearly as good in the NFL in the 90s or even now, today? 
No, no, I'm saying you, you, you can't compare generations. That's like saying Babe Ruth is better hair than Albert Pujols. Because yeah. if Babe Ruth that's played, why, that's why. If Babe Ruth played that's, today, he would be half the fucking player he was when he played. Dude, listen to me. You need to listen though. You're you're hearing me, but you're not listening to me. Okay, they're basing off the people, the guys that have seen these guys play. They're basing off of their, what they have seen and how these guys have played the game. Okay, so I assume they have more knowledge. That's than fine. You on this That's fine. They've seen all these guys play. That's they're fine. They're not basing off size. They're not basing off stats. They're basing off watching them play. That's how fine. they move, how they run, how they can probably beat people. The other summer abilities at the time period that have occurred when they played. That's fine, but they've also played against lesser talent. That's all I'm gonna. That's all. That's all. That's all I'm trying to make the point of. They played against guys who wouldn't even make an NFL roster today, who are starting for it, NFL teams it, back it, then. So, I can't even talk to that. I hate that that talk about that stupid shit. So what? You couldn't control that. Okay, let's just move on because I'm done. Because that's so. I hate that's so dumb what people say. Half the people he played against wouldn't been playing. He was still nasty. Okay, he only played nine. Jim Brown played nine perfect seasons in the NFL, and that was dominant. He was disgusting. He was way ahead of his time. So let's just move on. Okay. Well, I mean, it's just you, you, it's it's uncomparable because they're playing against vastly different talent. That's why it's unfair to say Emma Smith's not even remotely the greatest of all time, just because, just because Jim Brown, you know, only played nine seasons, but those nine seasons were he showed some flashes of, you know, I don't know. It's 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 impossible to argue because you can't put these guys in this, on the same field at the same period of time. So it's, it's useless to argue, but I think it's dumb to say he's not in the top five of all time. Not. But, um, what, uh, you got anything else you want to touch on? Nah, uh, well, we're done with the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. Um, real quick, I just want to mention Dante Stallworth real fast, because he... All right, two minutes, two minutes max on this for us, two minutes max Two on. minutes, okay, well, he, obviously everybody knows he, he, he was speeding when he was drunk, and he hit a, he hit a construction worker who was off work when he was going to catch a, to catch a bus. Uh, the guy wasn't in a crosswalk, et cetera, et cetera. I think everyone knows the the facts of what happened, but he he got reinstated the other day and he officially got cut by the Browns today. So just throw that out there. Um, and for people who didn't know, I mean, obviously he served I think twenty four days. I think it was twenty four days in prison. Yeah, um, I did I did a little research of this today on uh, on our on our legal research website, and uh, he was he was officially convicted of manslaughter, which is slightly less than. Just in case people are wondering why he can get more than 24 days, which I personally think is re- retarded, being in law school anyway. But um, he was convicted of manslaughter, and he he got a bunch of a bunch of things like house arrest and probation and community service and stuff. But the reason he didn't get more than that was because he got convicted of manslaughter, which means you don't have the the criminal mind or the intent to to harm somebody, which is why you don't get something like murder. So that exactly. Let me find out what that was exactly why what Michael Vick did was worse. Go on. Okay. Well. Uh, no, you, know, you just you just broke up my chain of thought. But I just want to say that's sure. why that's why he got that's why he got less than what people thought he should get is because when people don't have an intentional this wasn't like technically according to the law an intentional crime because he didn't have mens rea which is the, the criminal mind he, he didn't have like the intent to actually commit a crime so that's why he didn't he didn't get as much as say Vic or Plaxico did because they knowingly torture dogs and Plaxico normally took a, an unlicensed gun into a club. That's why he didn't get as much as them. So I just want to tell people that, just give like a legal point of view from that. Because even though I think Star Wars still got more, that's just the, the legal point of view from the, his situation. So I just want to mention mm-hmm. that. All right. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if any team signs him. I don't... They, I mean, somebody will. Was, 
even well, even when he was playing, he always got hurt, and he was very inconsistent. So right. I was like, if he finds he, he's not going to be playing that much, I think he might be like a he might be uh, he might be inactive for the vast majority of the team's games if he makes a roster. So yeah, it won't no, even, I don't think it's going to be a big deal. I mean, I think I think at worst, someone like the Raiders will give him a chance. Yeah. All right. Well, you want to. Quickly mention what, what we're going to – you want me to mention quickly what we might be talking about future podcasts? Well, yeah, we have – all right, well, the the newest episode of Lost is on tomorrow night at – is it 8 o'clock, right? Well, no, it's on 9. I think they're showing the second hour from last week at 8. Okay. And then in the enhanced version, so they're going to sh- like have those little comments at the bottom. Oh, yeah, yeah. Green. And then 9 o'clock is the new one. Okay, um, so 9 yeah. o'clock tomorrow night is the new Lost, and then we'll have – a recap ep- uh, recap podcast on Friday night, and we'll we'll touch on some other issues depending on how the news news goes. Is there any issues you want to touch on Friday, like that you can think of right well, now? Yeah, well, I mean, other than we know losses on Tuesday night, we'll be talking about it on like the Friday podcast. But I'm just gonna I'm just gonna mention some quick sports stuff that's coming up. So we're probably gonna talk about the ba- on, we're probably gonna talk about basketball Friday, maybe a little bit. Oh yeah, All Star Weekend. All Star Weekend, yeah, because All Star Weekend this weekend, and then the trade deadline is Feb 18th. So right. that might be our Monday podcast, NBA trade deadline trades that might happen already did. Okay. And then, um, and then we got end of the month we got NFL Combine, um, and then we got we got March fifth is when NFL free agency com- begins. March fourteenth is Selection Sunday, and after that we have the draft coming up, and then the MOP starts and and NBA playoffs. So we have a lot talking about. We right. to talk about over the next couple months so, a lot. So we'll have some full podcasts coming up for people. Yeah, so and we'll we'll be doing we'll so, be doing two podcasts a week. Absolutely. Yeah, probably for yeah, probably for at least another two, three months, two up, podcasts. Up until up until probably the start of the summer when sports start to die down a little bit. Yeah. So uh, okay, the last, yeah, and the last finale the last finale is not till like the middle end of May. So Okay, so that's that's perfect timing. And uh yeah, so oh, wait, wait, one quick one more quick I forgot. The last finale they moved it to a Sunday night. Just the finale. Really? Yeah, which I think is a great move. Is that's it, when HBO usually has their really good shows on Sunday night. So I think I think it's a great move Sunday night. That's gonna be. Do, do, do you think they're gonna do a two like a, at at best a two hour a two hour special maybe three hours? No, it'll probably no. It might be they might do something at the end like a recap of the whole season for the first hour and then like the two hour ending. I bet that's what happens. Oh, I, I can't even think about this right now. I'm too excited. No, I'm not. I'm actually not excited for like the show to end, but I'm just so excited to see how to get these questions answered. So okay, so yeah. Friday night we'll do we'll do possibly some NBA stuff and we'll absolutely do Lost, and yeah, then next Monday then we'll probably do a lot of NBA stuff. So yeah, so we'll have to do we'll have to recap like the All Star Weekend, which is going to be lame because it's like D League players doing the dunk yeah. contest. Yeah, so, well, Monday Monday we might like Friday we might start a little NBA. Monday might be more, even though it's more than halfway through. Monday might be like halftime or halfway through MVPs and stuff, and then yeah, like I'll yeah. trade trade stuff. Trade stuff that might happen since it's coming up the deadline. Right, right. We'll do some like half season MVPs and like what teams are looking good, et cetera, et cetera. We'll just sum up the we'll pretty much sum up the first half of the season. Yeah. Okay. All right, sounds good. All right, sounds good, dude. Um and by the way, for people who are still listening, uh look for I'll, I'll be sending a request out, but the new show is officially called AY Natty and the Sports Freak. No no show, no the just AY Natty and the Sports Freak. So uh I'll be sending a request out for a new page, so look for that. So is that it, Mike Jet? That's it, man. I'll talk to you in a few days. All right, dude. Sounds good. Everybody enjoy a lot tomorrow night. Yeah, I can't wait. All right, see ya. All right, peace.